Good morning. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Pesach. Today is Isru Chag, the day after Pesach in the morning. And here we are, we're continuing on page Shkolim, page 15a. We're getting close to the conclusion, the fifth chapter. So, okay, look at Mishnah. There were two chambers in the temple. One was like a secret. Called the secret chamber. The secret chamber, those who fear sin, would put money there secretly, quietly, would donate anonymously. Donate money anonymously. That's what it means because it was the anonymous chamber. And the poor ones, the sons of the good ones, you know, very respectable people, but they were poor. It was quiet. They had no idea, the givers, the donors had no idea who they're giving to. The receivers had no idea who gave them. It was completely private, anonymous. It was respectful. There was no shame involved. There was no schnodding involved. There was absolutely zero shame. It was the highest way of giving tzedakah. The highest way of giving tzedakah, other than helping a person stand on his own two feet, teach a person how to fish and they'll never need anything. The second, second to that level is this type of giving, anonymous giving. You have no idea who you're giving to and the person who's receiving has no idea who gave him. There's absolutely no shame involved. And this was in the temple, Lishkas Chashoyim. It's called the anonymous chamber, the hidden chamber. Lishkas HaKelim, the chamber for the vessels, utensils, Komishu Misnadev, Keli, whoever wanted to donate a utensil for the temple, Zerke would throw it in there, would deposit it there. Once in 30 days, like his button, the ones in charge, Paiskhanesa would open up, enter into the chamber, and any utensil that they found that they needed for <coughs> the upkeep of the temple, Manichanesa. <coughs> they would leave it there because they would use it for the temple. Vahashar. And the rest, and the rest, the rest of these utensils, which they cannot use, they had no, no use for, no need for, they would sell it. And with their money, profit that they earned, their money, they would use the money for the upkeep of the temple. So it was a donation. So the things that they needed, the vessels, that they could use any utensil there for itself, they would use it. If a person is donating a utensil, you could use it, don't sell it and buy it, use it. But the rest that was that you had no use for, no purpose for, they would sell it, and with their money, they would put a deposit into the temple treasury, and they would use it for the upkeep of the temple. There was a lot of expenses, maintenance, keep up a temple, <laughs> a huge expense. People think they build a building, and then they walk away. Well, how, how is the building going to sustain itself? How are you supposed to sustain the building? There's electricity, there's costs, there's, there's... We're talking about the second the, temple? I mean, Well, talking, this was also maybe in the first temple, but here he's describing the second temple. Right. And it still was... Uh, it's, it still has... He's describing the temple. What, what, what existed in the temple? Right. We were learning different things about the temple. The shkalim, the whole purpose of the shekel was a tax to support the temple. Yeah. So he's describing everything that happened in the temple. Oh, the different people who were in charge. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the, this one's in charge of this, one's in charge uh-huh. of that. Now he's describing the two chambers that they had 
the chamber, the anonymous chamber, and the chamber of the vessel. That's the mission. Now comes the Gemara. <laughs> now the Gemara is going to start talking about Sadaka since he the Mishnah mentioned they had the anonymous chamber. So Gemara is going to say the importance of how a person gives Sadaka. It's so important how you give Sadaka, not to embarrass anyone. You have to be so sensitive. Don't forget the poor person is crushed. The fact that he has to depend on another human being. You know how embarrassing it is to come to ask for help that I need, I'm dependent on another person. You have to be very sensitive. The giver has to be sensitive. It's not enough I give tzedakah. You can give tzedakah and you can murder him with your tzedakah. You embarrass him, you shame him, you give it harshly, you give it with a, with a, with a grim face. Yeah. It's so important how you give, gently, make him feel like a million dollars. You know, that, that's says, They were in charge of of the tzedakah money. Rabbi Yavin, Rabbi the Rabbi Shua didn't. And they used to give Rabbi Chama, the son, the father of Rabbi Haishia, a dollar. And he used to give it to others, those who were embarrassed, too ashamed to receive it directly from the Gabbai. So they would give it to him, and he knew already how to get it to the right parties. The son-in-law of Rabbi Levi, I call Melizm. Everyone used to like say Lashon Hara on them, slander them. They used to say, Amnon used to say, He doesn't need to take money from tzedakah. Welfare, and he's still taking, he's collecting welfare checks. Min the Dhammach, Afri, passed away. Botkin, Vashkin, Dhammachin, and they found out that what did he do? He took money. But what did he do with the money? Not for himself. Right. He took it to give to those who were too ashamed and embarrassed to ask. So he took all the shame all of his life, knowing that everyone was talking about him. Everyone knew he, was, he, was, he had money. Why are you collecting money, tzedakah money? So the, everyone suspected him. Everyone slandered him. He didn't care. He took it upon himself to care for those who were too embarrassed to ask. And he took personally. And then he gave it out and distributed it. See what kind of tzaddik he was. He used to give out tzedakah at night. So no one would be embarrassed. No one would know who's giving tzedakah. Chadzman once. Pagabe, here, you want to give you want to give him this water? Yeah. Fifteen uh, A. Chad you want to show him where it is? Yeah. should have had uh, more concern for uh, the Torah scholars rather than the, the Wait, they say it that. wasn't such a great idea because if you would have given the money to the people personally... Right. So he's saying, in, to, instead of buildings, instead of investing building in buildings, palaces, you should have invested in the, in uh, the, the, the people, in the people, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, rabbis, yeah, and the people are learning Torah. They could feed themselves, they could study Torah, right? Yeah, sure. More time spent. Yeah. yeah. Rabbi Bun Ovid Ilin Tarif. We continue on side B. You see the Rabbi. Rabbi Bun built with his money the gates of the great 
great base uh, medrash, the great uh, study hall. Also, Rabbi Mani Rabbi came to visit Rabbi Abba. Rabbi said to Rabbi my look what I did. Beautiful house, I built, beautiful shul, synagogue I built, yeah. Amalez, Ramana said to him, it says in the Pasuk, they forgot, they forgot the maker, maker Hashem, instead they built palaces. They're, they're donating, they're donating things to the, uh, to the museums, they're donating buildings to the universities, all these Jews. The Schwartz, name on the building the Schwartz, uh, exi- the Schwartz uh, Egyptian wing. <laughs> we left Egypt, and here Mr. Schwartz is donating the Egyptian wing in the Metropolitan Museum. Okay. You know, you're building buildings. Wait a Solace. Second. Wait a second. We have to be careful. This is this nursing center. <laughs> oh, this is a building which is active. Seven <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eleven sure. from a quarter to seven okay, every morning, right. eleven o'clock at night, seven seven okay, right. seven days a week. Between the coil and the mikveh and the children and the learning, the coil yeah, says yeah. non-stop. You couldn't find people who were going to learn Torah and invest in them. Invest in people. Invest in Torah. Invest in life. Judaism is alive. It's not buildings. It's not tombs. Yeah. <laughs> mausoleums. Don't build mausoleums. Build living houses of learning of davening. Okay, now we go back. It says in the Mishnah Tani we learn person sanctified animals or stones for the temple treasury. If any of these items could be used directly for the altar, you would take it for the altar. So the the the, the sanctity of the altar, the, the altar would take it from the temple treasury. But ink, so you can take temple treasury and elevate it. It's like you're elevating it to a higher level of sanctity, using it for the altar. But But if someone dedicated something to the altar directly and it becomes sacred as for the altar, I can't take it. Well, I can use this for the for the temple upkeep. That's lowering it. You can you can only elevate, you can't go down. So you can't take that that was dedicated with that sanctity for the altar directly and use it for the temple upkeep. <coughs> what the Frigid Mother asks, what the Nidam, but we learn in our Mishnah, Kalish, Matzabit, Serah, Lebedaka, Bayez, Manichanais, a vessel in this chamber, right? We learned the chamber of the vessels, right? Now, Mishnah, with two chambers the chamber, the anonymous chamber for the tzedakah, and then the chamber for the vessels. And every once in 30 days, he would go in. Any vessel utensil that he found there that he could be used directly for the temple would be used, and the rest was sold. This is where the Ten Commandments were. That was in the, no. That was in the that was the Ten Commandments are buried somewhere hidden. That's a different thing. and the rest that they have no need for it. you sell it with mayan and the and the money. you use for the temple treasure. You know, it sounds like. What's the question? Yeah, yeah. So the question is, what what's the question from our mission? No, we just learned. Because here it sounds. He says, what does he say? Only the vessels that could be used for the temple treasury. Only those were remain. Everything else was sold, and the, the money was used for the temple treasury, yeah. the, for the upkeep of the maintenance of the temple. He doesn't say, he doesn't mention that if they found a vessel that could be used for the altar, they would they would keep it and use it for the altar. He doesn't say that. He says only the vessels that could be used for the temple. 
So you're saying that anything that was donated to the temple treasury, if if you could find a usage for it for the altar, you're allowed to use it for the altar. Right. That's not what our mission says. So it seems like a contradiction. So I'm going to answers. This is the explanation of our mission. He means any vessel, any utensil that we find a need in it. Doesn't matter whether it was for the temple treasure, whether it was for the upkeep of the temple, or it could be used for the altar. How much more so? It's also good. Then you would leave it lishkes bedekabayis. You would leave it in the in this chamber. You would take it. No, I'm saying you would take it and put it in the chamber of the temple treasury, and from there you would take it for whatever usage you need. He's not limiting it and restricting it that that it must could only be used for the temple upkeep of the temple, and you can't take that vessel and use it for the altar. That's not what he's saying. saying any vessel that has a, a need period in the temple. Period. Anything, whether for the upkeep, maintenance of the temple, or for the altar, how much more is for the altar? Then they would take it and put it in the, in the in the chamber for the vessel. So wait a minute. If I consecrate money, right? I can't say, I want my money to go for the repair of roof during the, the rainy season, right? Uh, could you specify the need of your donation? That's a good question. You're saying you specify. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you specify, maybe if you specify, it has to be used for that purpose. And most people, they give a donation to Chabad, they say, for whatever, whatever you need it. Some, well, that's true. Some yeah. specify, some say, no, I'm giving it for the preschool. I want it only used for the preschool, not right, for anything right. else. I want it for the kiddush, not for anything well, else. Soup I, kitchen want, or whatever. I want for the electricity, not for anything else, for the rent, for the mortgage, or whatever. Everyone, but most people say, whatever you need it, use mm-hmm. it. We just concluded the fifth yeah. chapter. Now we begin the sixth chapter. It's okay, look at Mishnah. Uh, with 13 boxes. The reason why it's called a shafer, it was like a pushka. Horns. It was wide on the bottom, wide on the bottom, like the horn. The horn is attached to the head of the animal. It's yeah, wide on top, and then it narrows the on top. It's yeah. like a pushka, it's narrow on top. So you can put money in, but you can't take money out. <laughs> so it's 13 pushkas, 13 shafers in the, in the, uh, in the temple. Shleish Thirteen tables. Shleish Tachavoyas. Thirteen bowing down. They would bow down thirteen times. It means completely bowing. Bowing down means you completely prostrate yourself. With your hands and your feet spread out horizontally on the floor. And it'll explain later on why thirteen. The house of Ram Gamliel, the house of Hananiah. There's a vice president, the vice Kohen Gadol, the high priest, the second, second to the high priest, and they would bow down 14 times. Where was that extra bowing down? Right opposite the chamber of the wood, where they would uh, have all store all the wood for the altar, when they would check it. Because they had uh, a tradition that they received from their parents, that's where the ark, that's where the ark was buried underneath that chamber, and that was the place where the right. ark was buried. This is, this is like a cellar, yeah. and they had a uh, tradition that was underneath that that specific chamber, the chamber of wood. Wow. So that whenever they would pass by, they would prostrate themselves. Huh. It was a story with a koyin. Is this the second temple? Yeah. 
There's a story at the end of the first temple, they buried the Yeshua 30 right, years right. before the second temple. He hid it in the cellar. And it's still there till today. This is not in the Anna Jones. This is real. It's there. Some the Ark is there. Miles outside of it's town. right underneath, right oh. there in the Temple Mount. So he says, it was a story with a Koyan Echosh, who, who was involved with preparing the wood, making sure it's not wormy. And he noticed that one of the stones is different than all the other stones. Mm. Flagstone. He told his friend. was raised up a little. He didn't finish to say the whole thing, and to show where it is, until he died. And then they knew for certain. Till then they may have had a doubt. But when they saw that he died because he was revealing the secret, he, he figured out, before he can the, tell, the, the stone that opens up, the entrance of the, the secret yeah, is, he yeah, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew biyichud means clearly, yeah, certainly, crystal clear, right. exactly. Right. Don't tell all the secrets. Hmm. That's the mission. It's like the Gemara, uh, we learn. Shefres halolu, these boxes, amukis hoyu. They were deep. They were narrow on top, and wide on the bottom. Because the thieves, the liars, they shouldn't come and re- take the money. In other words, they would pretend as if they're giving money inside, and meanwhile they're taking it out. Like this, you can only drop a coin in, you can't take out. Okay. Hmm. We learn the name Rabbelezer, that the Ark was exiled with the Jewish people after the destruction of first base of Migdash that's the opinion of Rabbi Lezer. Not like we learn in our Mishnah. My time was the reason. Where do we know this from? Because it says in the prophecy of Isaiah to Chizkiah Melech, he says, it's going to come a time when everything in your house will be carried away to Babylonia. There won't be anything left. Ain't Dover. Meaning, Ela Shadibreis Letecha. When, since he said already, since the Pasuk said everything in your house will be taken, why does he have to repeat again, nothing will be left? So he's saying, Ein dover. He's, he's hinting to the Ark, which has Dover, the word of Hashem, the Ten Commandments in it, and even that will also will not be left behind. It will be taken to Babylonia. And that's what it also says in the Pasuk, another Pasuk, it says by the exile of Yehoiachin. It says in the book of Kings. I'm sorry, in the book of in the prov in in this in the Chronicles. It says Shuvas Hashana at the end of the year. Shalach Hamelach Nebuchadnezzar, the king Nebuchadnezzar sent by when he brought Yehoiachin Bavela to Babylonian clay chemdas beis Hashem with the desired utensils of the house of Hashem. Ezehu. What's called Klechemdus Beis Hashem, the desired utensil? The order, that's the ark. Because the Torah says it has the Torah, it contains the Ten Commandments. And the Torah says, and the Chemadim Mizav, it's Nechmad, it's, it's desirable. More gold. than gold, Gin gold. Psalms. Right. Number 19, yeah. Yeah. Tanda, we learned Rabbi Yudabari Lloyd, Rabbi says, no, that the, exi- the ark was not exiled. Elabim Kaim, it's in its place. In the holy of holies, I don't think it was hidden underneath. Yeah. Like we learn, like we learn now, Mishnah. Like it says, that the uh, the the poles were lengthened, 
and it's the like stuck, stuck the bottom with the poles attached to the ark. It was so long. So they were long, and you would see it. They didn't see. You couldn't see it outside, but it would like poke out. It would the poke curtain, out the curtains. The curtain, yeah, it would uh, poke, poke, it would poke out, the curtains. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like breath sticking out. And it says afterwards, it was there till today. It means, means forever. So this is an argument amongst the rabbis, whether the ark is in Iraq or the ark is right there under the Temple Mount. And that would explain, it says, according to one opinion, Jerusalem Talmud says, when the enemies destroyed the first temple, they came in and they saw the cherubs, the cherubim, the cherubs facing each other. Which is a whole question, how is it possible? The cherubs only faced each other when Hashem was pleased and happy with the Jewish people. Here Hashem is pouring His wrath out on the Jewish people and is destroying the temple. But so, so that follows the opinion that the ark was captured by the Babylonians, by Nebuchadnezzar, and taken to Babylonia. Huh. However, according to the mission, according to here, this opinion, no. It's buried. Yoshia hid it underneath it. That's what my mother yeah, says. Yeah, it was hidden, huh. so it's buried. Okay. Huh. Better he destroyed the temple than us. That's all I got to say. <laughs> So Yomadah says, see if it says in the beginning of the passage, Vayiro, that they saw the poles sticking out. Vata Amrit, and you say, Vlayiro Achutza, you couldn't see it outside. Ella, what does it mean? Nirin, Vlay Nirin, you see and you don't see it. Boilt in Vyaitin. They poked through the curtains and they appeared, Kishne Dade Yisho, like the two breasts of a woman. So they were poking out, but you didn't see the, the uh, poles itself. Abon and Amri, the rabbis say that the ark did not go into the exile. And it wasn't even hidden in the, in the Holy of Holies. Abelishkas did eight in my God, like we learned in our mission. It was hidden underneath the chamber of the wood. Like another story that happened. It was a Kayin who had a defect. He couldn't do the service in the temple. What could he do? The only thing he could he do can is... He back, can, back office stuff. He, back office, exactly. Yeah. Very good. He can check the wood to make sure it's not wormy. The right. wood had to be, had to be light, whole. Light, Just like the animal has to be whole, the wood that was used in the altar also has to be whole right. without any defect. He would chop the wood, chop it up. When he saw the floor, he saw one of the stones on the floor is different. He said to his friend, let's take a look. Look at this floor, it's different. Before he had a chance to point out which stone it was and to finish the story, he died. They knew for certain. Crystal became crystal clear. That's where it is. Not underneath the Holy of Holies, but it's under the chamber of the wood. The Rambam says, no, it was underneath the Holy of Holies. So we have all different opinions here. Thunder, we learn of Hashia, we learn of Raisa, that the death of that Koyan that we just learned about happened in Hikashala. He tapped the stone. When he tapped the stone, yeah. uh, the fire came out. The Kurnus with his axe to make it straight. This was the stone that was on top of the ark. So fire came out and burnt them. So he's trying to hide the. Uh, he no, was he was trying to, to hide the. Uh, no, he 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 didn't know. He thought the stone is not it's not the same as all the others. He was yeah. trying to fix it. Yeah. He didn't realize, but he hit the stone that's sitting right on top of the ark. Fire so holy, the fire came out, wow. and and he lost his life. 
Suddenly we learn the bright side. Two arcs would accompany the Jewish people in the desert. One arc that had the tablets. And the other arc would have the broken tablets, the first tablets that were broken. The one that had the, the second set of tablets that was in the Holy of Holies. And the Jewish people didn't take it with them to war, to battle. See, that's what it says. By the mafilim, after the spies, when the Jews tried to force their way, Moshe says, don't fight, you're going to lose. And they've tried to force their way. He says, Moshe and the Ark remained in the camp. And the mafilim, uh, whatever, who tried to push themselves anyway, tried to force their hand. They did. They, they were they without that ark. In other words, we see that this ark did not go to battle. Surely, if they, the ark that was in the holy of holies, they would take them with battle. They would force it and and and, and take it with them. The one, the ark that had contained the broken tablets, the first set of tablets were broken, that they would take with them when they traveled in the desert. When they went out to war, they would take that yeah. one with them? Yeah. Well, sometimes they would take it with them to battle. Right. The rabbis are disagree. They say, there was, there was no two arcs. There was only one ark. And the broken tablets were in the ark together with the whole tablet. And that teaches us that to study Torah, even though Torah has to be whole and complete, but you also have to have a broken heart when you study Torah. You have to have the broken luchas together with the whole luchas, together in the same way. Once, one time they took it to battle with them. In the days of Eli. In the days of Eli. And that was a disaster. And it was captured. The (laughs) ark was captured by by the Philistines. There's a pasuk that supports the opinion of the rabbis. Because it says, When the Philistines were playing, when they had the ark, suddenly everything started going, everything started going wrong for them. Their gods started were breaking, and like miraculous plagues were happening to them. He says, "Oh, woe to us! Who's going to save us from the hand of Hashem, this powerful, mighty God?" Something never happened to them in their, in their lifetime. It was to them. It was radioactive. That's what it was. <laughs> in other words, something never happened. They never saw anything like it. And that's why they were so terrified, because this was a one-time deal. It never happened. The ark should be taken out of the. It should be captured. Not for long, though. There's another verse that supports the opinion of Rabbi Huda Melakash, who says, Yes, there were two arcs. It says, Shol said to Achia, Bring the ark of, of a God, of Hashem. What do you mean? The ark was in Kiris Yadim. That's where the ark with the tablets were. So, what, what do you mean, Shol is telling Achia, Bring me the ark of, of Hashem? He says, <coughs> in other words, after the ark was returned by the Philistines, they were so battle, they were so battered right. by the ark, they just sent it back. So they left it in Kiris Yarim. Eli Shile was destroyed. So they left it in Kiris Yarim. So which ark did Shaul have? 
So this proves that there was another ark, the ark with the broken tablets. Huh. What are the rabbis going to do with this proof? It seems like a, a solid proof. Huh. So he says, they're going to explain that Shol says, When he says the ark of God, he's referring to the tzitz. He wanted to ask the Urim V'tumim about the war. So he says, bring the ark that has the clothes of the high priest. <coughs> so he should be able to ask the Urim V'tumim. So he called that the ark of Hashem. Because in it were the tzitz that had Hashem's name written on it. The tzitz, the metal plate that the high priest oh, wore. Had Kodesh Hashem. That's what he called it. Aron HaKodesh. Because it had Hashem's name in it. In other words, bring the ark with the clothes of the high priest. He can get dressed in all of his clothes. So he should be able to ask the Urim V'tumim to ask whether he should go to battle. Should he go to battle? Unbelievable. Another verse that supports the Pina Lakish. It says... <coughs> Uriah Chiti says to King David, The Ark and the Jewish people in Yehuda are sitting in Sukkot. And Yoyev <coughs> are, are on the field. At the battlefield. <coughs> and I should go home to, to eat and drink. Well, there's still a war going on. Oh, there's still a war going on. Against Amon. Oh. The question is, oh. The Aaron was in Zion. In Zion. David says took the ark Jerusalem. in Jerusalem. So what, what do you mean the ark is in Sukkot? So we must say he's referring to the ark that contained the broken luchas which the Jewish people would take with them in battle. Seems like a very powerful proof. What are the rabbis going to do with this proof? How are they going to explain it? So he said they're going to answer Schach Shukakiri. He's referring to where you said that since the whole nation is in the war, and in addition, the, the Ark of Hashem is in Sukkot, not the place Sukkot where the Jewish people were doing battle. He means Schach, that the Ark is in a temporary home because the temple wasn't built yet. So he's saying when the, the Ark is not at home yet. And the Jewish people are not at home. They're in battle. Are you sending me home to go have, be intimate with my wife and enjoy myself? So refuse to go home. Words, we'll stop Hashem over had, here. Hashem had yeah. a 